So, Meb, thank you very much for having us here in your home. You're welcome, Bradley. And it's bright and it's homely, beautiful paintings on the walls, and it feels loved and inspirational. And, Meb, you are someone who told me that your relationship with your home changed a little bit over the last few years. Would that be fair to say? Uh, definitely. Right. Yeah. Um, I think my, I was sick for a, a year or two, but I think my relationship with my home had changed before that. Okay. Um, I, I suppose having grown up in a family where there's five of you and you don't have a sense ever really of your own something. Um, did you have your own bedroom? I did, but I, I was the eldest. And it, it, so I had more of a sense of my own something than maybe the younger ones had <laughs> until they then reached the age where I'd moved out and they got the rooms. But that sense of putting your own stamp on something wasn't something we grew up with. I mean, you wouldn't say, I need shelves there or I'd like a new wardrobe yeah. or whatever. We didn't go to Ikea to buy things. No. <laughs> Yeah, there's your room and you you're know. lucky to get a room of your own so then when I we bought a house when I was you know that whole nesting thing and um, I never had the money to do anything and I, always, I had a job and I had kids two, two daughters and a partner and there was always this sense of on the go and there was never a, I mean I try and create spaces that was a home mm-hmm for the functioning life that we had mm-hmm. as 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 a home with school and mm-hmm. you know playing on the road and all that kind of thing but we didn't have enough money to put in that special shelving for the books or mm-hmm. um so when you can I ask you mm. when you were saying you were trying to create a home for yeah. was there anything then that particularly symbolized home for you Right good question I I think one of the things I got was I got one of those old fashioned school desks Mm. Um, and I got a big, really big blackboard because someone had told me that a blackboard on the wall was a very creative thing for kids to have because they could just come in and draw on it all the time. So we had a kind of little desk where they could sit um, and, you know, read their book or whatever. Pretend to be in school. (laughs) Well, maybe that was it, but it was more, I I suppose, in some way it created a space for them to have their own space, Mm. but... um, my space was the house. Right. Particularly the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the kitchen would always have been my space. Um, but I think when I bought here in Sandy Mount, having separated and um, having realised uh, that a lot of the time in the latter years of my marriage, there were things I did think would be good to do, but my husband would say, well... Maybe we need to get a bit of advice on that. And because there were two of us involved, it, it ended up it never got done. Um, so when I bought in Sandy Mount, um, bought this house, it was a shell, basically. There was nothing in it. Um, and I found myself constantly looking at what my needs were in a house. Oh, and that sounds like a good place to start. Yeah. And like before I even moved in, I looked to where I was living and saw, right, what's creating a mess? They were cookery books, DVDs, um, the stuff that couldn't fit underneath the sink. Uh, there were a number of things like that. 
So I created a space in the new house to house all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to some extent, sounds like you problem solved. You, you saw where yes. were the problems, and then. Is it a different thing to solve problems and look at your needs? That's very good. Well, I think the first, for me anyway, by solving the problems and getting those things that were in my face sorted, mm-hmm. it then created the space that was sorted that allowed me to look at what I wanted to live in mm. and how to live in it. Right, you got it back to a blank canvas. So yeah. yeah. And interestingly enough, um. I think that really came home to me one day when I was sitting down and I realised that when I was growing up, the father in the house always seemed to have his chair. There was a chair in the house you never sat in because it was, in inverted commas, daddy's chair. Right. <laughs> and I thought, maybe I need my own chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I started looking at chairs for just all the needs that I might have in a chair. Mm-hmm. And I ended up actually in Ikea buying a very strong orange chair with arms and a back on them, Uh Uh, back on it at least. Um, And I think that symbolised for me that I had arrived, that I was home and that I had created the space. Okay, Mm. so the chair, you had the home, but the chair was your epicenter of the home. Uh, do you that know <laughs> very key good. anchor is that right <laughs> epicenter is the word mm. so did the chair in any way change how you uh, lived in your house did you feel more inclined to sit down now yes. that you had a chair and that was the th- that was, it was recognizing that as a need that a house was not a place to just be worked all the time meals to be got ready clothes to be sorted I was always <laughs> I remember when my two daughters were in primary school and I was going dropping them going to work I mean there wasn't a moment in the day and I remember meeting one of the other mothers down in the schoolyard at 20 to 9 in the morning and she was going home for the day to lie on the couch and read Vikram sets <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's the book? Uh, the boy. The anyway, it's yeah, about an unusual boy. An, an, an unsuitable boy. An unsuitable yeah. boy. It's about two thousand pages long, and I said, "Well, do, I'll drop your kids home to you if you want." So I arrived in at four o'clock in the afternoon. She was still on the couch, <laughs> and I thought, literally, I could take a leaf out of her book. Right. But the couch was the beginning. You know, twenty five years later. Um, it's amazing those seeds are sown about what is would be right or good for you in in a diff, you know in a, in smaller measures mm. i didn't need to be on the couch for the day yes but it was an idea but of how you might spend time absolutely. that was delightful in your house rather than job focused yeah. in your house yeah exactly yeah i was really struck by her mm. Yeah, in lots of ways. Struck by a relationship that she would have had that allowed for that to be the case as well. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And in terms of spending time in your house, that's well, let's just say, look at the time that is jobs related. Mm. Is it um, possible that having such a good system for doing your jobs that the jobs themselves become a little bit of a pleasure? You know, what I mean is that Perhaps cooking the dinner isn't what everyone wants to do, but if you have things set up in such a way that it eases, that the jobs are easy, Mm. can it create a problem thing 
into maybe possibly a pleasure thing? Definitely, it, it moves it in that direction um, because you're not having to move one thing out of the way and something else out of somewhere else. And, you know, you don't have to do work before you start doing whatever it is. Yes. I think if you have proper systems in place in a place like a home, I mean, it's not like you're being... Um, ordered to such a degree that there's no ease about the thing it actually allows for greater ease i think yes mm. yeah, that that seems to be true that the more you have jobs systemized the more time it frees up for mm. other things mm. and if you were to think through life in the house what key systems need to be in place in your view or have you put in place okay very good question i i grew up in a very chaotic house where it was a very oh. big house okay um and the wardrobes were such there'd be one in each room and you just literally would throw your stuff in here and close the door <laughs> on a good day you'd close the door <laughs> And I'm always curious about people who've grown up in a, in a house where there are systems. I think if you grow up, you go on to copy what you've learned as, uh, in your own growing up in the way in which you run things. But because it created so much work, you know, I, I got quite unsettled by the, the untidiness of the way in which I used to live and, and the lack of systems. That I, it helped, When I sat down in my new house to look... I think the systems that need to be in place have to be around clothes, mm -hmm. to the wash basket, to the washing machine, where they're going to be hung when they're wet, mm. not on radiators. Is there a space? Is there a horse you can put in the hot press that hangs from the ceiling? Is there, where do you put them? Uh, and then the ironing board, those, you know, this, those people who have one that just clips out in the kitchen mm -hmm. and just the iron is on the wall and you just, you know, so that you're not having to go into a room, pull out the ironing board, set it up in a room, you know, that it become. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really important mm -hmm. system. Yes, clothing. Clothing. Mm -hmm. I also think for me, books and CDs and the kind of thing that you like to have around but you use very rarely. Mm. And I remember my sister saying a very interesting thing to me once about shelving. If you fill your shelving, it's a dead space because mm. there's nothing, there's nowhere for anything new to go on it. So it'll be like that in five years' time or ten years' time. So how you use your shelving and what it's about, it should always have a space on it and it should be changed. Mm. Yes, I can understand that because if you're going to put something, fully, fully fill a shelf, mm. um, you may as well put it in a box under the stairs because you, you can't really, no. there's no scope then. It's no, just a full you stop. might as well photograph it mm. on your phone and put it in a box under the stairs so you know what you have there. But it's as dead as that is. Mm. So let's say with your clothing system, how about your food system? Growing up was food chaotic, or pretty much, right? But, oh. but, but, but I think we've more well, we've more stuff to file. Like we've Indian uh, cumins and coriander's, we've our jams, then a whole emphasis on salads and mm -hmm. all of that, and then you have all your different vinegars and mm -hmm. soy sauces and tamaris and so there's a lot more variety around mm -hmm. things pastas rices short grain long grain basmati 
Um, so how do you deal with that? Do you tend to divide them by ethnicity or by... Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And like seeds will go in one place, liquids in another. So I think over the years I've looked, I've kept looking at those things and seeing how best to put them in place to use them properly. Mm-hmm. Instead of going and finding that it's out of date since 2009 or something, do you know, mm. um, to have less and less of that. Right. So you're pruning. That's one technique you yeah. use to yeah. keep the thing yeah. less rather than more. Mm. Um, a friend of mine was suggesting stepped shelves. I don't know if you use them in your cupboards. Oh, where okay. Instead of having a deep cupboard, you yeah. have a step that you put in the cupboard. So instead of there being a can of beans at the very back, four yes. cans deep, yeah. you actually raise up at the back. So you can see everything. You Absolutely. Want. Or those other she- um, shelf drawers that pull out mm. that actually you're looking in yeah. at, at everything that's there. They're brilliant. Mm. Yeah. So do you have lots of things on your countertop? Do you have oils I do. and Maggi mixes? No, and everything? I, I have a Maggi mix. I don't have oils or any of those things. But I changed recently from having closed cupboards in the kitchen for the very reason that there'd be stuff at the back there, to just having open shelves where I just keep what uh, what you know people you could say my kitchen looks untidy but I don't really mind because it's a working space and mm-hmm. um, so I'll have the cups in one place I'll have the salt pepper and coffee and all that stuff right in front of my eyes I'll have the salad mix up on the next shelf three bowls that I use all the time so the stuff that I'm really constantly using is on show right and does it get dusty at all no because stuff is being used right Mm. Okay, so you change from closed shelves to open shelves, yeah. right? And is that a closed cupboards to open shelves? Sure. Mm. And you find that a huge oh, improvement? Oh, I really like it. My kitchen's small, mm-hmm. so the opening and closing of doors all the time is, uh, you know, it was just. It, That's it, a good point. It, it, you know, into your face, yeah. and um, they were, and also I hated the heaviness of them on the walls. They were just, whereas now there's just, I'm right back into the walls except for what I'm seeing. It's like a working kitchen you'd see on television or something. Okay, so the, the shelves themselves are not as deep, they're thin shelves. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's only four of them. Mm. Very interesting. Okay, so your kitchen you've changed then to open shelves and you find that works smoother. You don't, you have a clear counter space. Um, Do you have any gadgets? Are you a gadgety person? Are you a Nutribullet person or are you... uh, I am... uh, Yes, there are a few things I love. I am a gadget person, but I'm not somebody who goes out and buys them for the sake of them. Mm. I, I'm, I'm mean with myself. I, I, I'll do a lot of homework before I'll spend money on myself around things. Mm. And, um, I bought a Kenwood about 10 years ago and I find, and now I, put, I keep it away because it's a big thing, but it's just brilliant when you need it. Mm-hmm. I treated myself to a KitchenAid blender because I was getting into making vegetable burgers and nuts and all that kind of stuff and that's a real treat and it's a beauty okay yeah and it's out all the time right how about Nutribullet have you got one of them no yet? I haven't got a Nutribullet um I I never got into it in a way I'm not good on juices and stuff mm. yeah um do you think, Meb, that the relationship you have with your house in any way mirrors the relationship you have with yourself? You know, yeah. By walking into someone's house, do you think you can get a good sense of how they're feeling about things? Yeah. Or themselves? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I definitely think that that's true. 
um, you'll see a kind of tightness in a very ordered place. I mean, it's a home we live in. It's not a showroom. Mm. Um, but, it, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who likes to have a lot of colour around me. And I don't really care if I have an orange and a red beside one mm -hmm. another. Um, and it'll work. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I do very much mm, think that when you walk into somebody's house, you can read them. Now, when you walk into somebody's house where there's a couple living, you can't really read it because mm. um, you don't know who, who's brought what to it. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. I think in the last, well, I've noticed you say that you've kind of come home to yourself a bit. And I wonder, has that uh, been manifested in your house? You've been spending a bit more time, you've been working less mm. and spending more time in your house. Mm. And do you feel like there's more of a an easy relationship or a nurturing relationship between you and your house? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I have a sense of home and being at home here. Uh, like... And and that I have created this, and and not it wasn't easy, you know. It came out of pain and hardship. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there was a lot of grief when we moved in here first, um, but because there was no stamp on the place, it was a shell. It allowed for maybe moving in in a way that was very that unfolded a lot of things that needed to be cleared, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, constantly looking at what you wanted to have up on show and not on show, and what you wanted to get rid of. and mm -hmm. uh, So in a way, what it was you saw was important mm -hmm. to have in place now at this stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like when you moved in, you did it in maybe not the most typical way in that you actually did address your needs and what you'd like straight away whereas I think sometimes people can move into a house and um, be inclined to do the objectively right thing with the house you know mm. what's the right style for this house what color should I paint it right what furniture should I have yeah do you know what I mean by I that? do yeah. and I it was the complete other end of the spectrum mm. I'd a borrowed couch Um, I think I even had borrowed yeah I borrowed beds um, I mean, there was really very little here. The mm. cooker, set, the kitchen was set up here when we bought it. But, so everything has come over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is there anything you've done with your house just recently that you wish, that wasn't an expensive thing, but you wished you'd done a while ago? Mm. That's a good one. Um, I had a room upstairs that had a couch in it that was a double, kind of, it pulled out as a bed. Mm-hmm. That room didn't know what it was meant to be. <laughs> it didn't know if it was meant to be a bedroom or a place I went to meditate or an office or a place to iron because I had bought one of those big collapsible tables and I'd put it in there if there were tax returns. Mm. So that room was constantly work because I was always shifting stuff in and out and trying to... But this summer I, um, I had a bed made, single rather than double, because I thought the double takes up too much space. So I want a place that looks like it's a couch. But And anyway, the other bed, a couple, it wasn't a comfortable place for a couple to sleep anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I got a desk put in the whole length of one wall. Mm -hmm. And um, it's cupboards, it's drawers, 
it has a big mirror behind it. That room now knows what it can be. Right. And do we know what it is at yeah, the moment? At the moment, <laughs> I have a friend whose daughter needs a room, so it is now a really good bedroom. Right. Um, but yesterday, before she arrived, a particular table that's now her bedside table was my meditation table. But it only required shifting something from one side of the room to the other. So it really moves very quickly from one thing into another. Okay, but it sounds like you landed on its core purpose is a bedroom. Absolutely. That can be versatile. Absolutely. Right, so mm. it, it would have, you would have wished to have made that decision a bit earlier. Absolutely, because the room really was always a mess. Right. Because, as I said, it didn't know what it was meant to be. Isn't it funny how rooms that are a mess can bring our energy down, even if you don't go into that room too often? Yeah. It's... It's like we're sending out signals to all the things in our house all the time. And if they're messy, our energy goes low. Oh, and if they're shit sure. shape, we seem to feel much clearer about things. Mm. I suppose that makes... It's obvious. It is obvious, but I, I think so much can be kind of needing to be done. I mean, I think it's important also when stuff needs to be done in the house that you can let go of it and not go there if you haven't got the money or the time right. or have met the right person. I mean, I do think it's important also to be able to sit with the lack of completion, knowing it will be done in time. Mm, mm -hmm. But I do agree that if there's certain stuff that you're not getting to that actually you're avoiding, mm. um, it's at the back of your mind all the time, mm. in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that... Um, if you're at home, you would be sitting in your chair. What other things are nice to do in your home that make it feel like home to you? Being reading, meditating? Yeah, knitting. Uh, having people in for mm -hmm. coffee. Um, planning a party, planning maybe dinner at the weekend. or um, My nephew's coming to stay for nearly a week now over from London on Thursday week. That's a lovely thing because I, there's a sense of what what will I do now to mm -hmm. just get this house and this space ready to receive him. Um, it's true that entertaining people, having people in is a wonderful motivator to do another little job in the house. Yeah, isn't it? and to bring it back to what you really want it to look like. Yes. The treaters have to flowers because they look yes. good. And, yeah. Why do we wait till other people are coming to mm. treat ourselves to flowers? Mm. But still, yeah. <laughs> at least we have to keep inviting them. Yeah. Meb, um, you mentioned that you had, uh, when you came to view the house, and of course as an estate agent I'm interested in this, that the estate agent who showed it to you sold it to you by saying very little. Is that true? Yeah. Um, it, it, this house at, up at the top had a room, has mm -hmm. a room, but it, um, the the planning permission was for it. It wasn't to be a bedroom, but mm -hmm. it, and also they weren't allowed to have if you want windows that you could see through. So there was this transparent paper over them, mm -hmm. and I was quite clear that the minute I bought the house, I'd be taking the transparent mm -hmm. paper off. Um, but I asked my estate agent a number of questions about the room, and and it it wasn't that she avoided answering, but I would say something like, "Do you think I'd be able to take that off?" And instead of saying something like, oh, I'm sure you will, or um, she never gave me any information that was untrue or encouraged me to think in a way that she shouldn't have um, just to make a sale. She would sit with the silence of the question mm. and allow me to answer it for myself. 
Because you do ask your estate agent a number of questions that actually you're really asking yourself. Yes, and you kind of know that. <laughs> and, you're, and you're hoping they're going to give you an answer to which is one you want, when in mm. actual fact you know they can't. Mm. Mm. And if they do, you know, you know that they're not a good estate agent because they shouldn't be saying that in the first place. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Mm. Um, when you're girls and they both have left home for the moment... What would you say they have taken away as their concept of home? You grew up in a chaotic house, you say, where clothing was chaotic and meals yeah. were a bit chaotic. What would you say they would consider to be Well, meals weren't home? chaotic. Right. It was more just the way in which the food... There were so many shelves, it was such a big house, and so mm. many, that actually everything could, everything could be anywhere. Right. No, no, meals were never mm. chaotic, no. But go on, what do the girls... And I wonder what they will take with them as a sense of home. Like what will they try to create instinctively now, having lived here? Well, I think one of the things they'll definitely go for is brightness. Right, okay. they really clear about north, south and east and west. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, I think they're also very clear about location. Mm-hmm. About relationship with neighbours and with your your village or your community, mm. either through di- them having lived in Dingle or having lived in Sandymount. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree with that. I think I'd probably put neighbourhood as the very starting point of yeah. anything Yeah. for your home. Because yeah. basically that's your first home, isn't it? That's your broader home, your neighbourhood. Uh, then... Really, yeah. And, you know, when I came here first, when I saw the house, because it was going to be a lot of money... I went, I, if you want, interviewed all the neighbours. Good idea. I went to each house, one on one side and two on the other. I knocked on the door and I said, look, I'm thinking of buying the house next door. Is there anything you think I should know about the neighbourhood that Mm. an auctioneer is not going to tell me? And that was really asking them to say, well, actually one side to say well actually you're going to have real difficulty with that neighbours mm-hmm. on the other side mm. and also by meeting the neighbours I felt more I felt I could make this decision because I knew who I was going the to the connection be was starting already the connection was there already mm. yeah that's very wise so you'd advise your girls uh, or they would naturally oh, right. take a neighbourhood yeah meet the neighbours yeah light light yeah. Orientation. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Mm. Thank you very much, Meb, for sharing the story of your house with us. <laughs> Total delight to talk about it. Well, it was a pleasure, Bethany. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>